At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Tuesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly. And I do mean proudly. Brought to you by BetMGM, Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin in the hizzy. How you doing, Kelly? What's happening? Good, man. How you doing? I don't know. We're going to see four sweeps in the NBA and NHL. Are we going to see four How brutal in the conference <laughs> finals? Again, if the Heat win tonight, we are looking at a nine-day break in the NFL. Ugh. Excuse me, the NBA. Ugh. Nine days. Yeah, next Thursday, right, is game one of the June, NBA finals. June 1st, no matter what. In. No matter what. I love that we deal with this every year, but because everybody is seemingly shocked every year that the dates are locked in, and they're like, wait, we got to worry, four days? Oh, you're at a different level this year. Oh, yeah. This would be... <laughs> Unprecedented. Literally have never had two sweeps of conference finals in NBA history. We might be on the cusp of that tonight, though. Our first guest coming up in about, oh, 12 minutes or so, Drew Dinsick, has something to say about that. For everybody who uh, believes it's fait accompli, that the Heat will uh, be the 151st team out of 151 to close out a three to nothing series at some point before. Uh, the uh, opponent is able to actually come back and win it all because um, it's never happened in NBA history. Drew actually has something to say about that okay. and has a bet he'd like to make. So Drew. I hear. Look at Drew zigging and zagging with his Celtics all year long. He is not. He is not waving the white flag. Let's just say that. Because to be fair, he is like the Celtics all year long, but yep. he was the guy before this series. It was like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes, pump the brakes. These, these two teams have seen each other a lot. I'm not going all the way hardcore with the Celtics. Well, we'll get to hear what he has to say momentarily. We'll also hear from Brad Porras. Hey, college baseball World Series is uh, oh so close. The conference tournaments begin today. Today or tomorrow, uh, depending on where you are. So this is uh, huge. We'll get to hear from Brad what his final teams are to play for uh, the whole deal in college baseball former uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi ball player. And then Christy Andrews joins us in studio. Mark Borchard on baseball will do it all. But as far as uh, the series that closed out last night, oh, and hockey, by the way, also. You got your Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, Conn Smythe, bets in yet? Nah. His first playoff shutout ever yesterday. And Florida up now on the Carolina Hurricanes, three yeah. games to nothing. Let's go, Cats! Again, Bring it home. four times in hockey history has a team come back from three nothing. Sunrise, Florida, city of champions. So we could have the Heat. We could have the Panthers. My goodness. Um, 
So we'll get into that a little later, too. Uh, but as far as the Nuggets and Lakers, Nuggets close out the Lakers last night, in case you missed it. Uh, and they do it in, well, I mean, if there was ever a sweep that could be, listen, sweeps are sweeps. Some are more resounding than others. This was, as far as sweeps goes, as far as sweeps go, a pretty close sweep, I guess. Yeah, I don't even know what the correct wording is. Yeah. It's the greatest sweep I've ever seen. I think that's true. What do you mean in terms of like the opponent? Being it was close four great games. Yeah, it was four great games. It really was. Um, Lakers led by six at the end of the first quarter, thirty-four to twenty-eight. So people who like played the the new Lakers lineup, starting lineup, you know, Vanderbilt out, Schrader in, um, Schroeder, pardon me, in, and uh, D'Angelo Russell out, and Hachimura in as well. Uh, you got your first quarter bed in Lakers. Really played well in the first half. LeBron had 21 in the first quarter, by the way. Boom. That tied for the most in the first quarter when facing elimination by any player over the past 25 years, according to ESPN stats and information. They led by 15. The Lakers did at the half, 73 to 58. Their biggest lead of the series, 15 points. And then, well. Just like that. (laughs) It's as if they expended too much energy. By the way, shout out to the Warriors for just making the Lakers work as much as they did, chasing those guys around the court. All that, all that ball movement. Yep. LeBron played every minute of the first half, by the way, except for the final four seconds when he left the court. Uh, but it's the first time since game three of the finals in 2018 that he had gotten that close to playing an entire half. So he had 31 at the half, and the Lakers led by 15. He had 31 on 11 of 13 shooting, four of four from behind the arc, four boards, four, four assists, two steals. Second half, Nuggets didn't even take them seven and a half minutes to take their first lead of the game. Remember, it was 15. The point deficit was 15 at the half. Uh, Nuggets got their first lead of the game at 82-81 with 439 left in the third quarter. They never trailed again. Never. It was tied many times. Never trailed again. Now, here's the thing from the in-game betting perspective. Who of you out there, who was smart enough when the Nuggets were getting within four and within three, when that comeback was happening, to grab the Nuggets quickly at like plus 179 and plus 160 and plus 155-ish in that range? Hope you were. If it ended, because it ended up manifesting for you. But 82-81, by the way, with the pass that led to that go-ahead score, Jokic broke the record for most triple doubles in a postseason that had held for 56 years. Wilt had seven in the 1967 postseason. Who could forget that, Kelly? That was Jokic's eight of this postseason. At that point, it was 24-8 to eight in the third quarter, but the Nuggets led by as many as seven in the third. They led by five after three, 94-89. All told, the third quarter tally, 36-16 to 16 Nuggets. That's the biggest stat of the game right there. 36-16 to 16 in the third quarter. Jokic at that point, 23-14-11. LeBron, 37-7-6. The Nuggets end up winning at 113-111. The final sequence was really MVP-esque. It's really all you need to know. Punctuated by a Jokic step-back one-legged three, that put Denver up 110-104 with under three minutes left. And then with the score tied up at 111 apiece, a bully ball Jokic drive that broke a 111 tie to put the Nuggets up 113-111. That was the eventual final score. But the final sequence after the Nuggets went up to, what followed was a botched Lakers possession where they used way too much clock to get into their offense and only had over three seconds to work with after deflection out of bounds. LeBron hit the side of the backboard on that one yeah. when they resumed play. By the way, there was this strange thing, too, where the shot uh-huh. clock thing went off. Shot clock violation, the buzzer sort of went off. But you know how that happens when the ball's still in play. Van Gundy was screaming. We didn't get to see this on camera. Van Gundy was screaming that, I guess it was Michael Porter Jr. 
just sort of held the ball and took steps. We never saw it on camera. So Van Gundy was like, wait, that's a violation, meaning it should be Lakers ball again. The refs didn't see it either, apparently. So he noted it. And look, I haven't, I, I was actually a little surprised I didn't see more people follow up on it on Twitter. Me I went too. and rewound it a couple times. Uh, Gil, it looked like they cut away. It looked like because they cut away. It looked like, though, there was a, a Nuggets player running back to actually go inbounds the ball. I actually think they quickly inbounds it. We just didn't see it. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Regardless, the Nuggets come down court. Now, remember, they have a two point lead here. And there's about a 2.8 second discrepancy between difference between the shot clock and the game clock. And if you're ha- if you're a Nuggets money liner at this point, you're you're basically screaming at the TV for Jamal Murray to milk as much clock as possible on this shot clock. Instead, you could tell he was looking for his shot, and so he took it a little early, a little early, and he misses it, and the Lakers end up with the ball with four seconds left. That probably shouldn't have happened. So the Lakers have a, a puncher's chance here with four seconds left. A two ties it, a three wins it. Strangely, they didn't go for the win. They went for a tying two, and LeBron was stuffed by Jamal Murray, and then whatever he got up, whatever he was able to get up past that, Aaron Gordon just blocked it. Ball game. Nuggets complete the sweep. Win at 113-111. They go to their first. The Nuggets do their first NBA Finals in franchise history. LeBron ends up 40-10-9, and but the trajectory of his points in this game from the first quarter on was 21-10-6-3. Yeah. Jokic, 30, 14, and 13, named MVP of the series. Murray added 25, Gordon, 22. Uh, Denver, 46 seasons it took them to reach this point. The most seasons before a finals appearance in NBA history. They had 93 playoff wins prior to that game last night. The most all-time without a finals berth. So shout-out to Alex English, Kiki Vandaway, Fat Lever, and everybody else who's ever worn a Nuggets uniform. Yeah, they Kiki. Got there. By the way, way to leave the court so graciously, LeBron James. LeBron congratulating no one and just walking off the court. I don't think enough was made of that, quite frankly. Really? Yes. You okay. just walking off the court? What are you, Isaiah? <laughs> Against the Bulls? You can't. You can't be gracious. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I don't know. I feel like we. Is this not the first time we've seen that? I feel like we have. Okay. Well, I can't blast him for it. I'm blasting no, him can. for it. By the way, LeBron asked after the game about uh, his future. Had this to say. I don't get a kick out of making a conference appearance. I've done it a lot. And, <laughs> and it's not fun to me to not be able to be able to be a part of, uh, you know, getting to the finals. But um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. And um, just for me personally, going going forward with the game of basketball, got a lot to think about. What do you think? Give me the odds on him retiring. Yes, no. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes, 40 to 1. <laughs> I think this is I, – I, I think people are – I, I, I don't I think he'll think about it. I I think it's fair for a guy at his age for everything that he's accomplished to in the moment of that last night to sure. say something like that. Sure. And I think every year you're probably thinking about it during the offseason. I think he'll be back though. I think he'll be back. He'll be, you know, look, he'll be thirty nine at some point next season. We're gonna look at the NBA odds for the twenty twenty three, twenty four season here right after the break before we get to Drew. But we mentioned it yesterday with the Lakers. 
you have LeBron, who will be 39, AD, and presumably the one guy you're going to want to keep is Austin Reeves. That'll cost you $80 million over four years. You, you already have so much money committed to LeBron and AD. Now you will have it to three players. I don't know if you can keep Achimura or certainly other guys like Lonnie Walker, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Achimura mentioned. Never even used. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. so it's just the thing about this NBA odds board that we'll show momentarily is to me, it's less about who you would bet on than who you can immediately throw out. There's about five throwouts in there in terms of like the top teams. We'll look at that. Drew Densick will join us. His thoughts on tonight's game, and he definitely have, will open your eyes about what he thinks about a potential bet in the Celtics Heat Series. Plus, French Open. Next, Numbers Game Visa, these sports. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward, don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Five two two forty seven hundred, and then there's Nikola Jokic just cementing his legacy more. Can we show this tweet? This is such a great tweet. Uh, this is from a gentleman who does uh, local radio in Denver, Zach By, who said, uh, "Hey, uh, remember when LeBron picked Jokic last at the All Star game? Remember when Kendrick Perkins tore down Jokic with accusations and poisoned the MVP convo? Remember Mark Jackson and his MVP ballot? When Lisa Salter said she hadn't watched him?" When Nick Wright called him the worst MVP ever? Yeah. Here's what Mike Malone had to say about Nikola Jokic after the game. It's real. The MVPs are real. The triple-doubles are real. All the narratives, the silly narratives this year, are just that, silly and somewhat ignorant. And I think Nikola has gone through three rounds now where he's averaging a triple-double in the playoffs. Have you seen any stat padding out there? I'm serious. Like, like enough of the silliness. Like, the guy is a great player. Give him his damn respect. Stop chopping him down at the knees, man. He's a great player, and give him the respect he deserves. Good for you. Good for you. Give him his damn respect. That's right. By the way, real quick before we get to Drew, this is so. This is the NBA odds to win the title next year, 2023-24. The Nuggets are the short shot. The Nuggets are the short shot to do so. Uh, as the market believes this to be sustainable. We'll see if they can get it done this year, obviously, first. Plus 550. The Celtics, to me, a throwout here, to use the horse racing betting term, 
Uh, I don't know how you could possibly bet the Celtics right now with the tumult. Um, Drew will have something to say about the Celtics here, as I mentioned momentarily, still in this series. But right now, at this moment, I don't know how you can bet that. Uh, the Bucks plus 650, that feels good to me. Suns plus 850, that feels good to me. The Lakers we just talked about with all of their issues, there's no chance you can bet that at 10 to 1. I don't know how you fill the roster again. The Warriors, strangely, if this was two weeks ago, people, the narrative would have been, oh, you can't bet the Warriors. They're going to break that up. No, they're not. Curry, Clay, Draymond, they'll all be there. Poole, we assume will be too. Yeah. Wiggins, I don't know how you can't consider them. And then there's the Sixers. Harden's going to leave. Rivers is gone. Maybe Embiid wants out. Can't bet that. Heat, by the way, 18-1. to 1. should mention that. I mean, there, there are so many of these teams. So many of these teams just have major roster questions that, that you're going to be sure. – are going to come up this summer, likely happen, ahead in the next year. So, yes, I would not be making any bets now. And then even the ones you mentioned, like those would be the ones that would stick out to me. Uh, you know, Warriors, Bucks. Like, that's, that's another one where, hey, and probably at some point during the season, you're going to be able to find better odds. Yep. For sure. And you don't get hero points for betting it this early either. That's the no. other thing. I bet it back in so-and-so. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he's the host of not one but two podcasts, The Deep Dive, which he does with his buddy Andy Molitor. That's Densick Classic. And then, of course, NBC Sports, Bet the Edge. Drew Densick at whale underscore capper joins us right now. He definitely has thoughts still on this Heat Celtics series. How you doing, Drew? I'm well. Uh, I didn't realize there were already 2024 NBA Finals odds up. I better go get my Grizzlies stack going. Um <laughs> Yeah, 21, 19-1. Well, well, that's another three. one. I mean, Jaw's going to be out, what, half the season? Full season? What's he going to be out for? Well, yeah, Dylan Brooks is gone, though, so problem solved. Oh, uh, <laughs> less is more. Less is more. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, well, so I teased you early, and I heard this through back channels. I got a text. Oh, sure. No, I did. I got a text from uh, somebody who's like, uh, Drew actually has a bet that he still loves in this series. Would you like to explain? Well, bet that I love is maybe a, a, a hair overstated. Okay. Um, and, and I and I guess it, this is cathartic to talk about this. Please, I'll admit that. Please. Um, the floor is yours, sir. One week ago, was it? We were previewing Celtics Heat, and the, the entire tone was apoplectic about the prices. <laughs> like, how is this possible that the Heat were whatever yep. eight yep. nine point dogs on the road? And how is this series price minus six hundred? What is happening? What, where do I live? But the entire takeaway, I basically said, well, I'm not betting it because I ultimately didn't think the Heat could get across the finish line. And so now, you know, I mean, I, I you know, I, I made some decent coin in Game One. Uh, I didn't do quite as well in game two and I got, you know, I gave back a lot in game three. Uh, I was pretty heavy under, uh, seeing that kind of the scrubs just poured in in the fourth quarter was misery, uh, on Sunday. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm, 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 I'm a little tilted here that I don't have just a big old stack on heat to win the series and just kick my feet up and enjoy the rest of this. <laughs> that said, uh, I think Celtics currently, uh, as a series price is bettable, uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, this is to me, at least game four is a coin flip. I think there is some realistic expectation that you have not seen Celtics best effort at all in this series. And, uh, you know, I think some of the, you know, lack of intensity in the third quarter, I could explain away with, it wasn't an elimination game and, uh, there really wasn't a lot of explanation, you know, hope or, or expectation that you could come back in that spot. And so, you know, kind of bottling it and, and saving it for game four is 
was expected. And people piled on the Celtics for 48 hours now, uh, or there will be 48 hours by the time they tip and just how this team is quit. It's over. They don't care about, you know, they've, they've given up on Missoula. He's lost the locker room. Uh, Jalen Brown and Tatum can't play together. Let's break them up. Let's tear it all down. How are the Celtics? You know, this franchise is over. I mean, there's been a lot of hyperbole flying around. And the reality is that there's just not a huge margin of difference between these two teams. There never has been. That was the entire point of our segment last week. And if the Celtics win a coin flip tonight, then all of a sudden they're going to be huge favorites back in, in uh, Boston for game five. Um, if this gets to a game seven, you can, you know, you can bet that, that the entirety of the betting world will have completely flipped. And this will be a, Oh wait, the Celtics are as good as we thought in the first place. And who knows what that game seven price would be like. And so really it just kind of comes down to, can they win two coin flips uh, in my mind, at least in, in game uh, four and in game six. Uh, and for that, you know, if you're going to give me anything in the ballpark of eight to one for that, I'll take it. So um, have a decent position on Celtics to come back and win the series. And I think realistically, this isn't as much confidence in the Celtics being able to do it uh, as much as it is there. Nothing has material cha- materially changed from pre-series where the Celtics to sweep was something like plus 350. So you're basically telling me with no injuries and no, you know, unless you've made some huge adjustments to the, what, you know, the way that you rate the heat based on what you've seen through three games, which by the way, if you're doing that, I don't know that you have a long-term, you know, spot in the, uh, you know, in the betting space because you can't be that reactionary. Um, you know, so I, I, I just, I think realistically fair price for the Celtics to win the series should be in the, 450, 500 range. Uh, and for those reasons, getting eight to one to me is a good bet. Yeah. Uh, listen, you know, I love you, man. Um, so I'm, <laughs> so let me, let me, let me play the pushback. So it's not three games, right? It's, it's four, sure, it's sure, 14, sure. it's 15 games now. I think sure, with sure. the, uh, excuse me, 14 games with the heat. Um, and I sort of suggested yesterday, I'm like, could the heat really be this, this case study of a team where actually watching the NBA all season long, did more of a disservice than it did a service to betters. Meaning that it's not just the heat. There's probably a handful of teams that create a situation where largely the data of an 82-game schedule is dirty, to use a lack of a better term. So there's that possibility. But I, I just want to bring back more, more to the point. So any team that goes up 3 nothing that doesn't have home court advantage to start with we could sort of make broad statements about in terms of the way that the layout of the rest of the series is, right? If they can steal game four, then they have two of the final games at home, five and seven. That would apply to any team in this particular situation. So you could substitute for the Celtics any team that would have been in this situation in in just broad term. But I hear what you're saying about what we talked about last week, that there wasn't a big margin between these two teams to begin with. How can you materially change that thought? Couldn't you possibly, though, after what you've seen with them getting blown out the other day? I know you said you could actually pass that off. But if someone says to you, wait a minute, Drew, I hear what you're saying, but come on. This group looks like they are tapped out. You can't completely dismiss that, can you? I can't, but at the same price, I mean, it seems, you know, at, at, at price, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I'm at getting pr- no, a big that, no- and that's the point, I, I'm right? getting a, a big number. It's the yeah, price. And like, yeah, it's the price. And they could they could play their absolute bloody hearts out tonight. And Caleb Martin and Gabe Benson can continue to shoot, yeah. you know, two standard deviations over expectation 
and they could lose by by one or two, and the and the bet is a lot is a loss, and I, I you know I, I will live with that. But uh, you know I, I you know a lot of this series is going to haunt me for the summer, regardless of what happens, <laughs> coming back or not, <laughs> because I feel like I've left a ton of money on the table here. Um, but you know realistically, the the Celtics are a very very talented team. I don't you know they backs against the wall is when you've seen the best out of these guys, really. Uh, you saw it in the Sixers series. Uh, you see, we saw it in last year's playoffs and I would say last year's playoffs, these guys were dealing with more fatigue, more injuries. There's, there's not really anything fundamental going on about player availability. Like there was with the bucks and Giannis and Kurt, you know, Chris Middleton and stuff. So I just think if this, if, if it's ever going to happen, this is sort of the kind of quintessential example of how it could be done. I respect that. I respect that. Uh, Nuggets 12 and three uh, this postseason straight up. I think most people might have, uh, or a lot of people would have expected that. The Heat 11 and three as they head into tonight's game where they try to sweep the Celtics. More with Drew on the other side, including French Open pre draw thoughts next. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Take your sports betting game to the next level this summer with a VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up now for only $9.99 and get access to everything we do, including. Daily pro picks on all the summer action, including NFL and college football futures, premium analysis from our team of top handicappers and industry experts, 24-7 video access, and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits showing you where the public and sharp money is going to give you an edge. Start betting smarter. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe and sign up now. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the uh, feedback. This is from, let's see here. Oh, Bradley Porras is going to join us a little later on. Uh, wants everybody to know he's about to bet Georgia. In college baseball, they're about to play plus one thirty-five. So if uh, you can still get that in before a first pitch, he likes Georgia right now in college baseball. Uh, let's see. This is from Matt Grissom saying, "Kicking off a day full of college baseball by listening to Brad Porras on a numbers game coming up. Uh, are you going to give out Clemson to win the ACC at six to one? So we'll get to hear from Brad here momentarily. Vegas regular and Vegas regular and Mike M." want to tell me that LeBron also did congratulate the Nuggets before leaving. In Vegas regulars' case, he says, be accurate. And in Mike M's case, he says, yeah, it was like really quick, but <laughs> it's a drive-by. Yeah, drive-by doesn't really do it for me, but okay. I, okay, I apologize. He did. He was like, hey, congratulations. Then he was in the locker room. That's not really what I'm talking about, but okay, you LeBron lovers out there. Sorry about that. Um, okay. Let's, let's bring in Drew, because I want to talk French Open here. So Celtics... You got eight to one. We're seeing seven to one. If there was ever a shot at it, I understand the reasoning for that. Um, what would you make the Nuggets here? Or maybe maybe the, these these odds are out. But what would you make the Nuggets against the Heat? What would you make them against the Celtics? My Nuggets number against the Heat is going to make people laugh. <laughs> it's enormous. It's, what is? It? Uh, I'm at like minus three fifty for that series price, and so I see value on betting Nuggets to win the ship. Um, and I guess just in general, like. The for game four, I have a couple of small plays in addition to a big, a biggish bet on the series. Um, I like the over 216. I think this is a game where the Celtics can find some offense. Um, I played some alt lines for the Celtics, minus four and a half is plus 180 ish still available. Celtics team total over is 107. I make it a lot higher than that. So, uh, some fun ways to kind of, you know, just look for a little bit of alternate exposure tonight. Now, if again, if the Celtics quit, then these all lose and I will be, uh, uh, bored watching no basketball for the next week and a week and a half or whatever two it is. Days. Yeah, nine um, days. But, uh, but here's the other beauty about taking the Celtics series position right now. 
we can play the heat plus eight and a half when they go back in game five. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that's a fair price. And so, you know, the market is going to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to prey on market volatility here and just any kind of confirmation that people get that the Celtics are the team they thought they were, uh, you know, you're going to be able to catch some pretty big prices. You may get heat as dogs in game six to protect yourself. You may get uh, a big number on heat in game seven. So, you know, the, this is not a literally like Celtics are going to come back and win, set it and forget it. Like you're there, you know, this is, you know, step one of kind of a multi-part plan to try to capture just market reaction volatility in a series that's never been priced correctly. Okay. French Open. Now, you're kind enough to uh, join. By the way, any other props in this game tonight? Anything else? No, I didn't play okay. anything else. Yeah. Okay. Um, French Open, you were kind enough to join uh, Dan Weston and me on Thursday, yes. right after the draw is announced for uh, tennis's second major of the year, the Clay Grand Slam, of course, at the French Open at Roland Garros. And... So we don't have the draw yet. We don't know how this is going to shake out. You and I have done podcasts during the French before. We're based on the time difference. We've actually done a sort of live pod while the draw is happening, which is very cool. I think it'll be done by the time we do it this time around. You have Carlos as the short shot. Carlos Alcaraz, Carlitos on the on the men's side at plus 150. Novak Djokovic plus 210. The only other uh, couple in uh, single digits. Holger Rune plus 750 justified. And somehow Stefanos Tsitsipas is at 9-1. to one. Uh, at DraftKings. Everybody else is double digits. No Rafa, obviously, the big announcement uh, that everybody kind of saw coming last week. He will not be here to defend his title and try to extend uh, his Grand Slam winning singles titles career-wise or even his French, which are 14 when you tallied them up, which is just incredible. Um, let's start there. How are you feeling about this? Uh, is that is Alcaraz the justified short shot a little shorter than Djokovic? I would have those prices back, you know, flip-flopped and I get it. There's some concern about Djokovic with the elbow injury, but the pool of players that is competing in this slam and their experience in best of five tournament setting is very limited outside of one. Uh, he is kind of stands alone as by far the most experienced and battle hardened in best of five tennis. Uh, and you know, you only, he has two, you know, the, the, you know, his, his French open from two years ago where he defeated Rafa in the semis and then Sissipas in the finals. That was one of the most incredible, uh, kind of back to back, uh, just very, very, very difficult performances. And he pulled it off, uh, in spectacular fashion. Um, and you know, if he has that level in clay in week two of this tournament, then everybody else really doesn't stand a chance in my mind. So, um, you know, I'm going to be watching pretty carefully to see if Djokovic can find that form. Uh, he's been bumped down seating wise. He was, we were expecting pretty clearly Alcaraz on top, Djokovic on bottom, but with Medvedev winning Rome, uh, shockingly, uh, he has moved into the two seed for this tournament, pushed Djokovic down to the three seed. So the draw is going to have a ton of drama. If Djokovic ends up on the side, same side as Alcaraz, then, um, you know, that makes for a pretty imbalanced draw. Uh, and if he's opposite, uh, Alcaraz in terms of top and bottom, uh, then I think you're probably expecting that as your final. Um, I have a ton of questions about Alcaraz still his ability to kind of find, uh, you know, elite level and best of five tennis. He's a young player. He's, you know, he's been good, not great. This, uh, you know, this clay swing, um, I guess I shouldn't say good, not great. He's been great, not excellent. Last year, yeah. I thought in the clay swing, he was like, uh, he was on another level, um, but he just had zero uh, best of five experience and that cost him at French Open. And now he has US Open in his back pocket. But again, like 
the, his toughest test in that U.S. Open run was against Sinner, and I thought Sinner was the better player that day. Alcaraz just kind of outlasted him. Um, so, you know, Alcaraz still has a lot to prove to me in a best of five, um, you know, uh, type of tournament. And, uh, I think, uh, Djokovic ought to be your, your short shot there, but I still don't see a ton of value even at plus two ten. Um, I think that's pretty close to fair. I just think Alcaraz at plus one fifty is, is, uh, kind of the, the dead money and, or not the dead money, but it's the, it's the sucker bet on the board. Uh, Rune plus seven fifty, Medvedev 15 to one again, draw unseen. Which is which strikes you as the better number? I, I mean, Medvedev by margin. Uh, I as and I'm a Rune guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, this, I, Rune is Rune is uh, fun to watch. He's entertaining. Uh, there's zero 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 point zero reason he should be your third choice in this tournament. Um, yeah, his his stuff is elite, uh, but. Uh, he's been playing way, way too much tennis. He, he lets play, he leaves players in matches far too long. Like that's definitely going to run into, uh, you know, he's going to run into problems at this tournament. If he's playing with that type of mentality, he needs sort of a killer instinct to get some of these matches over early and save some of his juice for the second uh, half of the slam. And I think really the French open is going to be a learning experience for him to grow before he, uh, you know, he takes his first uh, slam at the U S open this year. So uh, I knew you'd get it in. There it is. Yeah. So no, I think, I don't know. I think those prices are backwards. Medvedev should probably be your third choice here. I would have Sinner your fourth choice here. And I think really Rune and Sissipas look like really bad numbers. Um, and uh, I wouldn't go, I don't think anyone on the board past Rublev has any kind of realistic shot. And really yeah. Rublev doesn't have a realistic shot because he loses every quarterfinal he's ever been in. <laughs> okay. Lady side, Iga trying to win her third French and her fourth slam, which would come right after her 22nd birthday that she had to pull out. Of Italy, though, of, of the tournament in Rome, because of a thigh injury, it was 2-2 two to two in the third set against Rubakina. Iga's still the favorite, minus 140. This is her surface. If Rafa was the king of clay, maybe Iga will be the queen of clay when all is said and done. Arena Sabalenka, 5-1, to one, and Rubakina, 7-1, to one, her closest, um, in terms of the betting market, her closest competition. Do you believe those numbers to be accurate, or should Rubakina and Sabalenka be shorter? This is another one where the draw is going to determine a lot. Um, if and when Rabakina gets placed in the bottom half, then Iga's a bet um, at anything close to evens. Uh, the This is a three-horse race, as far as I could tell you. I would not look past Rabakina on the board at all. I don't think any of the women uh, further down than three have realistic chance to win this tournament, even with the injuries swirling. Uh, if Iga goes out, if she has to withdraw, if she gets hurt again, Sabalenka should be your huge favorite to win this because she's just playing outstanding tennis this year. And she's gotten the monkey off her back to a degree with uh, winning the Australian open. Um, it's been a very interesting clay season on the women's side because Iga hasn't really come home with the hardware to back up her, you know, assumed dominance, but the numbers are not that different from what she was able to produce last year That's in the run correct. up to Roland Garros. And yep. I mean, realistically, she lost the one tie break to Zheng Wen last year, but otherwise didn't lose a single set in the entire run to her, you know, clay title last year. So um, I'm assuming that uh, with the extra day of rest between matches and, you know, in general, the precautionary withdrawal against uh, Rabakina, assuming Rabakina is not, you know, right in her quarter, I think there's value on Iga still. All right. Uh, French Open Pod, the Beating the Book podcast, French Open Pod. That's after the draw with Dan West and Drew Dinsick and I on Thursday morning. The tournament begins, I guess, stateside Sunday night, if I'm trying to be accurate with the uh, time zone differences. I believe that is uh, more or less accurate right about that. So we are coming up on that. Drew, always a pleasure. 
Good luck with your Celtics uh, bet trying to make history. <laughs> or whatever happens. Thanks, guys. Thank yep. you, man. Drew Ditzig at whale underscore capper. College baseball. Brad Poor is next. Numbers game. Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, authorized gaming partner of the NBA, hits the court with a special playoff parlay insurance offer. Place a one-game parlay of four legs or more and get back a bonus bet up to $25 if you miss one leg. Enjoy the playoffs like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and parlay selection features throughout the postseason. Log in now or sign up and opt in to get back a $25 bonus bet if one leg in your one-game parlay falls short. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM for terms conditions 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets bonus bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in dc mississippi nevada and new york we get tweets at beating the book new york mess 16 thank you gil for being the first i've heard mentioning a lack of sportsmanship on lebron also did you hear the background chatter the nuggets were saying i heard still four more to go and no over-the-top celebration tells me they are focused. I would agree with that completely. Oh, it's uh, that, is, that is something that JVT and I hit on on Hardwood Handicappers yesterday. Jamal Murray, every time he's been in front of a microphone, it's great. We got one. Like, that, congratulations on my point total. Yeah. We're moving on. We got five more to go. We got six more to go. They're a locked-in team right now. I think it should be – it's very scary to watch. 100%. Jesse Welch, at the conclusion of every playoff series, I want to hear every single star player's opinion on whether the result was a failure or not. Okay. Uh, This is from uh, Phil Weiss. Gracious is one adjective that can never be attributed to that guy. Well, listen, I I don't want to – okay, this went too far. I mean, I yes, I don't think – I think – Listen, people don't care about sportsmanship these days. I'm going to sound like I'm a thousand years old. But may- I don't. <laughs> but maybe but maybe more than a drive-by would be nice. But, but he's listen, I'm not a LeBron hater. I love LeBron. I mean, I think he gets a lot of undue flack. But I did notice it yesterday. I did. It, I, it definitely popped up in my head. I'm like, oh, really? It's, it's interesting because I just I, I felt like I didn't notice it. That was just why I was surprised. You kids don't care about anything. Like no, no, you know what's funny is the the I I actually think the drive by in that situation is perfect. Get off the court, let this other yeah, team celebrate. Maybe so. Like hockey, I'm, it's bizarre to me when it's like, hey, we just beat the crap out of each other for three hours. Let's all get in a line and that's, shake hands. That's the tradition, <laughs> sportsmanship. Hey, sorry. I'm like loser, get out of here. <laughs> Loser, get out of here. Brad Porras, ladies and gentlemen, joins us, former ball player at University of Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, uh, to give us some college baseball World Series thoughts as the conference tournaments begin today. How you doing, Bradley? 
I'm doing good, Gil. How y'all doing? Doing very well, man. You got Georgia. We hey. gave that out this morning. How's that? Is that started? Yeah, it started. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting here. Georgia's got a runner on first. Uh, hoping they can get a run in second. Zero zero right now. What were you going to say? You're about to say something. I was going to say. Uh, so we're going to get a post uh, college baseball interview. If one of our uh, SEC long shots doesn't come through, it's a failure. Oh, yeah. Season for us. Oh, totally. That would, to- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The haters who didn't yeah. like that we won Ole Miss at 100 to 1, they're, they're going to be like, ah, you guys <laughs> suck. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know how this goes. No. Um, oh, exactly. So, what we learned last time from you, now, again, we have, we, you've come on the show. We got Campbell. We each have Campbell. We each have Texas. Um, you have Bama. I don't have that yet in pocket. I won't get nearly as good of a price as you did. We both have Clemson. My price is not as good as yours. By the way, we do have a question from, from Twitter. Someone asked, are you taking Clemson at 6-1 to one to win the ACC tournament? Let's start there. Yeah, so the numbers just came out yesterday. You know, it, it happened so fast. The weekend ends, and then these conference tournaments start today and tomorrow. And yeah, when Clemson opened up right away, it's 6-1. to one. To, uh, to win the conference, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's a great number. And apparently everyone agreed because it's now down, I believe, to four and a half to one. So, I mean, I, I still think that that's that's solid. I think that Clemson's just playing so hot. They've won like 13, 14 in a row, maybe 17. I don't know. But they can't be beat right now. I think they, they, can, they have the higher seed in their pool. So all they have to do is go one and one, and they'll be in the semifinals, <clears throat> um, unless one of the other teams goes two and zero. Oh, but – I think Clemson. Clemson's a play if you're going if you want to play the ACC tournament to win. Okay, so conferences. So let's just again for those who are just landing on this the first time and are like, "Wait, College World Series? What are you guys talking about?" Give us a, a, a general sense. So the conference tournaments take place now, and much like in the NCAA tournament in basketball, uh, when they play their conference tournaments prior to the big dance, there's a lot of teams that are quote unquote on the bubble. Which are the teams right now? that you feel if they can just win a game or two, don't have to win their tournament, but they just have to win a game or two and get into the 64-team College World Series, that they get into, into, the, uh, into the pods, that they could actually make a serious run. Ooh, man, honestly, I, I, I hate to say it, but I don't really know if that matters too terribly much for anyone else besides the ACC, like Georgia going right now, they got a long way to go, but they've got to win this thing or at least maybe make it to the championship. Uh, if they're going to get into the tournament, they could win. Texas A&M probably is in. I would say they're squarely in, but if they lose today and there's a bunch of stolen bids, stolen bids are pretty much bids from a lot of these smaller conferences where they didn't play a good enough schedule um, to get an at-large just by winning their regular season championship. If their regular season champion one seed flops, loses this tournament, and like the two, three, four, five, six, who's really a pretty low team in the RPI wins, they get the automatic qualifier into the field of 64. Um, if, the, if a bunch of that happens throughout this year, I could see a team like Texas A&M possibly not getting in. So Texas A&M getting in I think would be a team that you know, who can make some noise? Like, again, it goes back to any of these SEC teams can win if they get in. So I think Texas A&M would be the one for me. Okay. So I love how you're like, oh, it only matters to the ACC that you're like Georgia, Texas A&M. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, no. So it matters for, for some teams for sure what's happening here this week. So 
Yeah. So brass tacks this for everybody. So let's go through what tickets you have to win it all right now, because it's more than the four from last year. Yeah, for sure. So we've got uh, Texas, what, 60 to 1, Campbell, about 80 to 1, uh, Iowa, 200 to 1. I did grab a, a small little bit on Southern Miss at 75 to 1. Uh, Alabama, 125 to 1. And then we're looking at trying to get, well, hey, the Alabama one, too, is only at uh, Circa, because I think everywhere else pretty much took them down with the whole scandal and everything. But Alabama, I still think they are a good play. I think they're 50 to 1 at Circa now. I'd still play them. We want to play Alabama right now today. If you've got two that you have to play, close it out before we head, uh, get through this week. It's Alabama and Auburn. Alabama's playing really well. Auburn's playing. Auburn actually was the best team in the SEC through the second half of the season. Uh, and Alabama had the best pitching staff ERA throughout the entire SEC play. Both of those teams at 50 to 60 to 1, again, going back to any of these SEC teams can win. Those are two teams I believe Auburn should have a good chance at hosting. I, I think Auburn should be able to host Alabama unless they win this tournament. They won't host, but they'll probably be a two-seed. Again, 50 to 60 to 1 on teams that can definitely win the national championship. That, that's the play now, and that's pretty much it. Okay. From, from this point going so, on. So grab as many SEC teams as possible, but certainly the ones you mentioned uh, are the ones that you are focused in on. So then before you go here, just give us a sense of the format. So once the conference tournaments pass, how did they, so what happened? Teams host, you just mentioned that, 64 teams, they're in pods. Explain that format to everybody. So, the, so a committee will get together and select the top 16 teams. And it's not necessarily 16 teams of the best record, it's more made up of the 16 teams of that ranking in the RPI. Um, again, with like an objective view of how well they did throughout the season, and then it goes plays into what we talked about, like the politics of it. To where I think it's going to be, it's going to really make a lot of people mad. But I really do think Texas is going to host, and that's the whole reason why we grab them. Mm-hmm. Again, not, not, not. We're not saying, oh, Texas is going to win the national championship. It's they're always kind of in a position. If they can win the Big 12, that's not that great, which they got some of the Big 12 championship share. And then they're pro- if they were a mid-major team or even lower Power 5 team, they wouldn't host. But it's Texas. They have the facilities. They have the money. They have the ability, the cameras, everything in their facility to host. They're probably going to get the 15 or 16 seat host. So they're going to pick the teams on that type of level and then they'll just they'll seed they'll seed all of the uh, the teams automatic qualifiers and then teams that won at large bids due to their strength of schedule through RPI and how many wins they got. And, rem- and so remind people up. out of those pods of four. Remind people: is it one team that comes out of the pods of four? Is it two? What was it again? One team. One team. And then those one sixteen team. then end up playing in this wacky bracket, which we'll have to explain when it happens because that's a whole thing yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. They'll play the Super Regional. Yeah, the Regional will be 14, double elimination, and the Super Regional will be a, a best two out of three series at the higher seed. Campbell, Campbell going to host their own, their own pot as well? Campbell? Uh, probably not. Probably, probably not. not. Okay. They, they played their way out of it. Yeah. Going to love to see them do well. All right, Brad, we always appreciate it, man. We'll talk uh, as this moves forward. All right. Thank Brad, you. Bradley Porras, everybody. P-O-R-R-A-S. 
on the Twitter machine. Mark Borchard from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert. We'll talk baseball, his picks for the day in Major League Baseball, and some of his macro thoughts. It's next. Numbers Game, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.